0: Today on Cinema Oblivia we are going to enter the ninja. Oh wait, that sounds bad. Um what I mean is uh, 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 uh oh. Hello and welcome to another episode of Cinema Oblivia, your podcast for discussions on movies that are out of style, out of fashion, old, weird, or just plain whatever. I am again your host, James Eldred, and who do I have back today for another episode with
1: me? I am Anthony Abbott, and I cannot wait to talk to you about this movie.
0: Yes, Anthony, you were previously on here for, um was which, which one was that? I forgot which one we did.
1: Oh, we talked about race with the devil.
0: Yes, race with the devil. Yes, the Texan, the Tech the the road, the car chase, Texas cultist Peter Fonda movie, right? <laughs> the, yeah,
1: the the cult classic about a cult. <laughs> <laughs> cult cult squared
0: classic. Yes, yeah. there you go. Yeah, we are talking about a different cult classic today. We are talking about 1981's Enter the Ninja. The canon films classic classic maybe in quotes with Franco Nero. anthony you picked this one mm-hmm. explain yourself <laughs>
1: <laughs> this movie i can't tell you how many times i've i've seen this the cover of this movie or the yeah. uh, the poster of this movie in like video stores when i was when i was younger and as much as i grew up loving martial arts films and like anything anything with ninjas on it I, I don't know how i'd never seen this movie when i was younger so i was like you know what we have to watch this just on principle alone because it's about ninjas i don't know how i've never seen it because the cover is so badass i don't know how i never watched this when i was younger
0: yeah the cover has like front nin- the so shugi that the bad guy ninja holding two katana and doing a uh double dragon style jump kick and behind him is like a neon blue Tsurken. And then Franco Nero's face.
1: Yeah,
0: it's a gooder. It's a gooder. I remember that box from the video store. We had this movie forever at my dad's video store. That there was, you know, might as well get into it now, even before we talk about like this movie, like ninjas in America. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, strange history. So you're a little bit younger than me. I'm 42.
1: I'm I'm like a year younger. I'm 41.
0: Okay, so what is your experience as a what? Are, what are what are what are your childhood experiences with with ninjas? With ninjas? Well, <laughs> so I've, I've never on the doll. no.
1: <laughs> <I'm>, Sorry, <laughs> I've never had the misfortune of having to fight ninjas in my personal real life. Uh, no, I, you know, even I feel like even I, I don't want to just say Ninja Turtles because even before Ninja Turtles, I felt mm-hmm. like just in general watching martial arts films. You know, eventually ninjas in other movies were kind of just like the the red shirts you know they were just the faceless guys that would get beaten up by the hero but i don't know i I feel like there was something about the 80s where like ninjas (laughs) start to become this huge part of pop culture and they appeared in movies they were in tv shows video games so like just kind of through osmosis i feel like but definitely from you know for me seeking out action movies more for sure i was drawn to like What is, you know, what is the story with that? What's up with the guys who, you know, they decide to put on these outfits. They have these weapons. Like, they're distinct. And they just, I mean, aesthetically, they're visually cool. They're just cool Yeah, they just look cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, and my, when I think Ninja, when I think Ninja, I think even before the Teenage Mutant Turtles, I think Snake Eyes. Yeah. From from G.I. Joe. I think uh, Ninja Gaiden. Mm-hmm. And those came out around the same, all around the same time. Jared was a little bit earlier, and like I had ninja toys as a kid. I never saw these movies because, like, I, while I have talked at lengths about my dad being a terrible censor, that really only applied to films he wanted to see. <laughs> so. He never wanted to see these, so I never saw them because I could rent them on my own. Although I think I could have got away with it, but I never, I never thought to. I just I would always read the boxes at, at the video store just over and over and over again. But when I was doing research into this movie, like I was reading reviews of this movie, which by the way weren't good, and um, a lot of them had to explain what a ninja was, <laughs> and I was like, well, that's ridiculous. Everyone knows what a ninja is, but apparently I was wrong <laughs> because. Before the 80s in the late 70s, ninjas were not mentioned in American pop culture.
1: See, that okay, that weirdly makes sense to me because I remember like a lot of movies I saw that were like martial arts were I mean, there was like a lot of kung fu stuff and you know, of course, Bruce Lee oh, yeah. and all mm-hmm. the Bruce Lee knockoff movies, but I mean now that I think about it, I I associate like ninjas as a very 80s thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. It is weird how that works out. Like you got your Day Glow, your Mammy Vice, your cocaine, and your ninjas.
1: Um, yeah, of course. Which is why which is why
0: Miami Connection is the greatest movie I've made. Because all of those things.
1: I'm so happy that you know that movie.
0: Oh oh my God. Uh I love anyway that movie. <laughs> it's I watched that movie three times in one weekend. Anyway, um but I I did some research on this. So like as I've said on this podcast before, newspapers.com is a hell of a resource. And I just typed in the word ninja and went by decade. Now you get a lot of like false positives. Any anytime there was a hyphen, anytime there was a word that wrapped around, in the second half was ng something. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say that out loud because it sounds bad. Um, that would get a false positive. So you get stuff like from the 1800s, not ninjas.
1: Mm. Mm, <laughs> Just, okay, okay.
0: But I think ninja was a name because I found a ninja realty group. <laughs> um, what? And, <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, and and somebody named ninja. Uh, this is like it's like in the 1800s and then the 1930s. Like people were named people. Imagine naming your kid Ninja. Wow. Yeah.
1: I mean, and and then you said that now, and, and of course, the, one of the biggest people in the streaming world goes by Ninja.
0: Well, let's not talk about him.
1: Yeah, we're not no. <laughs> just only real, on the name part.
0: You know, let's, let's talk about you know cool people. Um, talk about
1: real real ninjas.
0: Yeah, real ninjas, not what night. Anyway, I'm get, get me on my old man bit, but. <laughs> Like looking in the newspapers with a lot of false positives, like 1975, 145 mentions of Ninja, 19, 1979, 224, 1980,
1: 2,826,
0: 1983, 13,000, and by 1990, almost 200,000 mentions. And I imagine by that point, the, the majority of those are Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Yes. But be. yeah, big explosion. The earliest mentions I could find to ninjas were from the late 60s, usually on Honolulu newspapers, because they get a lot of Asian movies and Asian TV and Japanese stuff, because Japan and Honolulu, it's a thing. Right. Uh, a network in Honolulu was showing Shonen Ninja Kaze no Fujimaru, This is an old, old-ass anime, and a few Honolulu newspapers would refer to ninjas in their reviews of kung fu films, which seems incorrect. But you know, mm. I'm not. I'm not a writer. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not of that era, so I don't know. But then there were ninjas on an episode of Wide World of Sports. Do you ever? Do you the remember what? Wide World of
1: Sports? Do you remember that? Yeah. Like, you ever, yeah. that is that was that was the weirdest fucking show. <laughs> Wait, but like in what context would they mention them on Wide World of Sports?
0: I would imagine like an exhibition. You know, like I mean, Wide World of Sports used to show freaking you, you know you know firefighters competitions. Bad Bitten, Demolition Derby, you know, cliff diving, you know, so logger sports. Why not ninjas?
1: I mean, I guess so. Like, you know, if they're going to do like some kind of martial arts exhibitions, yeah, I guess that would make a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. And then a couple years after that, well, one really interesting thing I found was when you read newspapers, like you'll get like announcements of movies and sometimes you read those and the movie never got made. And there was a movie they were going to make a movie called The Last Ninja in 1975 with, with um, do you know who Marjo Gortner is? No. You wouldn't. Marjo Gortner was a child evangelist turned actor. Okay. Like he renounced religion and became an actor. He is in the Viva Knievel movie, which is amazing. He's, I, I would have loved, he, he has a white boy afro,
1: so I would have loved <laughs> to have seen like, him. Like, like, like Bob Ross. Like, yeah, not
0: not as impressive, natural, you know, not, yeah, naturally crazy hair. I would have loved to see him p- try to fit a ninja thing on that. It would have looked hilarious, but that movie never got made. And then some Japanese ninja films started to come out in America. And then in 1980, there was Shogun, which.
1: Oh, yeah, the miniseries was, was absolutely huge. <laughs> I forgot about Shogun.
0: Yeah, my stepdad loved Shogun, and when the last few times I came to visit him, he he was in bad health, and he would just watch Shogun a lot.
1: (laughs) I feel like it was a very it was a very dad miniseries. Like I remember being aware of Shogun as a as a big deal. I've never seen it, but I know it was a very big deal at the time when it came out.
0: It's an interesting. It's interesting. Um, you know, it it is about a white guy in in Japan, but it is about a real person. So. You know, there is. I think it's. A, I think it's a real person. It's loosely based on a real person. So it is. about So there, at least there's that. It's. A, it's. It is good. I actually had dinner in a restaurant once, and the woman in Shogun was sitting next to us <laughs> in Japan. Uh, Samara Yoko. That was strange. Um, like I know you. Um, but I didn't. I didn't talk to her. But anyway, there was that. And then the first like B movie ninja movie I can find was the Octagon with Chuck Norris, which. If you like garbage, yo. I think
1: I've seen that. I think I've seen that movie.
0: It's terrible. It, you know, I've only seen it once. I saw it in Force of One, like the same weekend, because they both came on a DVD the same weekend when I was reviewing DVDs. It's not good. He plays like a government agent, I think, and he's investigating ninjas. The best part about it, the ninja terrorists, and the best part about it is Chuck Norris has an internal monologue that has an echo. So it'll be like ninja, ninja, ninja. I thought, I thought, I thought they were extinct, extinct. That's a weird. That's a weird narrative device. It's a weird movie. It has Lee Van Cleef, <laughs> Ernie Hudson's in it for like one minute, and Damn. the woman from Shogun, who I just mentioned, is also in it, which is why her career in America didn't take off. But anyway, uh, I think that opened the flood. That kind of kind of opened the door, and then. Enter the Ninja knocked at the fuck down.
1: <laughs> oh, this this movie knocked all kind of doors down. Even yeah. in this
0: film. <laughs> so when was the first time you saw it?
1: Honestly, um last you know, in the last week, getting ready for this podcast. Oh, really? Somehow, okay, okay. Somehow this whole time, it's been a movie I've been aware of. And I was uh I was actually more aware of Shokusugi. Well, is it Kasugi? So,
0: so Kashugi. So Kishu- yeah.
1: Kusugi. I've been aware of, of him because of his involvement in like martial arts films. Um, and I feel like I saw him in like Black Eagle or something with Van yeah, he's Damme. A, the he's
0: 80s. the good guy in Black Eagle. Because Van Damme right. a bad guy.
1: Yeah, Van Damme's a bad guy in that movie. I think that was the first time I was I was aware of him. And I've always been aware of this movie, but I've never seen it until we talked about doing it for this podcast. Because I got really excited. Like this was a blind spot in movies for me that I was like, I I've this is a great time to watch this now.
0: Yeah, I watched it for the first time. Th- I own this. Um I don't know why it was when I, when you said you wanted to do this, I just naturally went to my Blu-ray collection and it was there. Like I didn't, I didn't like, of course I own enter the Ninja. Why wouldn't I own enter the Ninja? I mean, come on.
1: That's amazing. Uh,
0: I own a lot of Canon films. That's the company who made this. Uh, well, it's a, it's a goal. Technically speaking, it's a, it's a golden Globus production, but that's Canon films. Canon. Group.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Canon group is kind of notorious. I think for their B movies.
1: Great, great documentary on them. Yes.
0: Yeah, like I'm not going to go too much into canon films because, like, they there are podcasts dedicated to canon films. Uh, highlights of canon films are The Apple, one of the worst movies ever made. Um, the Happy Hooker Goes to Hollywood. Death Wish Two, Death Wish two through Four, I think. Um,
1: so many Death Wish movies.
0: Breaking the Breakin' movies. Yes. Uh, the uh, Lou Ferrigno Hercules movie, which, whoo! oh boy um also
1: there's what the St- stallone over the top the arm wrestling movie
0: oh yeah over the top's a that good one, one. Uh, yeah. um, the the american ninja movies which i've watched two of this weekend um possibly yeah. while drunk um <laughs> those are great oh man american ninja's great and um let's just say if you want to watch a movie with a lot of like buff dudes with no, no shirts on it, hey Yo, I've
1: I've seen two of them and I can't tell you which two because they blend together for me as the same movie.
0: Well, well the main dude in that movie is terrible. Mike uh, Dudikoff, like Dudikoff yeah. can't act. But the his sidekick, the black dude, yeah. uh, Steve James, Steve James is awesome. And he's in all of them. Uh, but those are great movies. Um, Runaway Train is a legitimately good movie. Um, there's Murphy's a lot of a lot of like late air Bronson, a uh, Cobra of course. How can we forget Cobra? Oh um, Cobra, yeah, okay, yes Cobra, and a few like legit films like like Runaway Train was nominated for a few Oscars. You know, um, Barfly was a, like a big indie film, but you know they also did you know um Superman four um oh yeah yeah oh the missing in uh, missing in action movies and uh the He Man movie. Oh okay, yeah, missing in action also Chuck Norris. And the last film I believe was Cyborg, the uh, the,
1: the Van Dam movie,
0: the Van Dam movie. I believe that that one of the one of the last ones, definitely one of the last of the, the last core canon film era. So yeah, yeah. garbage. Um, but usually fun garbage. The the main guy is Gol- Menahem Golan and his partner Globus. Golan directed this movie. He was not the first director. He fired the first director. I forgot who his name was. He was not anyone of note that I noticed. Golan also directed The Apple, which is a terrible movie. This is better than The Apple. (laughs) Um,
1: That's saying a lot.
0: (laughs) So (laughs) so we might as well get out of the way. Do you like this movie?
1: Look, I'm going to tell you straight up. I I had so much fun watching mm-hmm. this movie that I can unabashedly say I like this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know that everyone would, but I think it's a great movie to watch with friends and like and like you said, maybe with the drink. But I had so much fun watching this movie.
0: Yeah, I would say it is in the in in the in the films that Golan directed. It's no, it's better than the Apple, but like I said, almost everything is. It's probably, I would say, it's not as good as over the top, which is a strange sentence. <laughs> and it is definitely, it is not as good as Delta Force, um, because Delta Force is a masterpiece, but it is considerably less racist. So there's that. <laughs> okay. Um, Delta Force is my is my is my problematic fave, but oh, that's a oh. That's a,
1: God, I'm just not realizing how much Chuck Norris that was involved with these canons. Oh yeah, Delta all over Force.
0: the place. And like Delta Force is amazing. It's such a great movie. It's really problematic in, in its depictions of uh, Middle Eastern people. But um, Chuck Norris has a motorcycle with rockets on it, so you know. I mean, you take the good and the bad.
1: <laughs> also, did you did you at any point in watching this? I know you've you've seen this movie several times. This is my first time watching it, but because of the time period that it takes place in, it's like you said, 1980, 81. I think it's mm-hmm. 81. Did you at any point, like when you're watching this, did you look at the main character and just think, were they going for Chuck Norris because he's got a Chuck Norris vibe, like a a cheap Chuck Norris vibe to him?
0: Yeah, I think they were. I I know that they wanted Chuck Norris a few times for these movies. Like he was the first pick for American Ninja, also. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that the first person who was cast in the role was not um, Frank Nero. It was Mike Stone, not Mike Jones, unfortunately. Um, Mike Stone. Mike Stone. That's the second Mike Jones reference on this podcast in two months. Um, (laughs) um, I like saying, I love saying Mike Jones. Anyway, uh, Mike Stone was a stuntman and a karate champion. Like he won 91 tournaments in a row. He's written books about it. He was Phil Spector's bodyguard. Whoa. And Phil Spector's the produce, the music the song producer, he he produced for the Supremes and stuff. Um Yeah. He also killed somebody. Um not a good person. And he also was Priscilla Presley's like personal trainer and then they had an affair and Elvis wanted to kill him?
1: Good luck with that, Elvis. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, if anybody could do it, Elvis had people. I've heard stories. But he 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 never really acted in a in a canon film. He's in a few canon films as a stuntman or as like a bad guy. Like he's an American Ninja 2. He's pretty good in that. He made a movie. He wrote and started a film called Tiger Shark, which looks terrible. Oh, wow. uh, and he's a stunt man in like uh, a lot of other movies, Highlander 2. <laughs> um, oh wow. <laughs> I think he's silent Bob's double and Denzel and Bob Strike Back. I know he's a stuntman in that and a few other films. Interesting guy. This is, I think, one of his only films he worked on. The other writer is a guy named Dick Desmond, which sounds like a porn star or a Marvel character. Yeah, um, it does. He's not. There is a pornographer named Dick Desmond. It's not that guy. This is Dick Desmond's only film. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't find anything about him because there's a much more famous Dick Desmond who worked in porn. So. No idea who Dick Desmond is. The first martial art to sweep the modern world was Jiu Jitsu. Closely followed by the discipline of karate. Then we were taught to combine the spiritual with the physical by the masters of kung fu. And now, the canon group is proud to introduce the practitioner of the oldest and ultimate martial art, the ninja. Enter the ninja. I don't know who to blame for the story in this. (laughs) More Mike Stone or Dick Desmond? Because what is this? Give people what is the basic story of Enter the Ninja?
1: Oh man, Into the Ninja <laughs> is uh, Good luck. let's see. So, Into the Ninja is a movie. Well, it's first of all, it's a movie about a white guy who becomes a ninja in Japan. Um, he he <laughs> yes. he, he, he goes to help his friend, his uh, his war buddy. They i mean, they serve together in, in what I wrongly thought was the Vietnam War. We'll, we'll get to that later. I found yeah. out it's not the Vietnam War, yeah, they were
0: Angola for some reason, yeah,
1: yeah, in, the Angolan Civil War or something. He finds out his uh his friend is getting kind of like uh he's getting some pressure on him from this local guy who's like the local kind of mobster guy who wants his friend's land and he comes to step in to help defend his friend's land uh from this (laughs) just low rent mob guy who's terrorizing the town and like you know making everyone like pay him kickback money so he doesn't get his six foot five bodyguard dude to beat everyone up but um It's just this very weird movie of this guy who comes straight out of becoming a certified ninja. A blonde-haired blue-eyed white man who becomes a certified ninja.
0: This movie is a textbook of, I'm not going to say harmless, but I'm going to say hilarious, cultural appropriation. Um, Oh, yeah. Because it has an Italian playing an American who's a ninja in the Philippines.
1: (laughs) You know what? And we talked about, I talked about how much the movie poster was like so badass and you know you mentioned like ninja gaiden right like Mm -hmm. the game Mm -hmm. and it's one of those same covers where this could easily be like a video game cover yeah even when i look at the poster i had there was nothing in my mind that told me like this was about a white guy becoming a ninja (laughs) and now that i've seen the movie and i go back and look at this because in my mind i'm thinking well surely Shōkushugi is going to be like the main you know dude right he's gonna be like our hero and i gotta tell you this is my first time seeing this and when the credits start off with um you know one guy in a black ninja outfit going through like his different like uh I don't his different moves with different weapons and stuff and he's doing this like over the credits I was like man this is really cool way to start this movie and then another guy comes in and clearly misses kicking him and that <laughs> guy is the hero of the yeah, movie yeah I mean that was I think
0: that that person in the <laughs> outfit was clearly not Frank O'Nero that was probably Mike Stone um Oh, Uh, but yeah, we should get into the cast. So Shokushugi, I want to start with him. because I have a lot to say about him and because I think Shokushugi is a fascinating person and I'm going to kind of cover up to this movie because I know I'm going to talk about Shokushugi again on this podcast. So (laughs) Shokushugi was born in Shiba, Japan, outside Tokyo in 1948. He had a lung problem, apparently. So he was kind of a small kid and weak kid. But he started training in martial arts when he was five years old, and he claimed he learned also he learned about ninjitsu, the art of ninja, from a neighbor who mysteriously vanished one day. How cool of a story is that? I know. I you know I teach in Japan. I've never met anybody who knew a ninja, as far as I know. I mean, maybe they did. They can't tell me anyway. Um, means the
1: ninjas are doing their job.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, so he. Studied martial arts, couldn't get into college in Japan because he failed the entrance exams. They're, they can be pretty tough here. Then went to America to study college. Claims that when he was getting off the bus, some three guys tried to mug him and he beat the shit out of him. Um, wow. Maybe that's true. It's, it's a good story. Uh, studied economics at the California State University and became a karate champion. And was in a bunch of martial arts tournaments, did like tours was an instructor you know all over like became pretty well known in that in that area then he started to go into acting he was an extra in the godfather part II. <laughs> Ooh, yes he was in a taiwanese film called the six killers which i think is lost and then he was in a south korean film called visitor of america that was re-edited into bruce lee fights back from the grave
1: a film I have heard of before.
0: Yeah, it's one of those Bruce Boytason films. I think Bruce lies on that. I forget which one. Anyway, he was in the Richard Pryor TV show. <laughs> he got murdered by Richard Pryor, which is pretty funny. <laughs> and by the late 70s, he was doing magazines, exhibition shows, martial arts. He knew Mike Stone. Mike, Mike Stone, Stone hired him. Mike, yes, Mike Stone hired him as a stuntman for this movie. When Golan took over production, he reworked the script, turned. Kasugi into the antagonist um, Kasugi was also a stunt double for Frank Nero <laughs> in some scenes, and in the opening part where he's fighting those other ninjas, you can clearly see that one of those other ninjas is also so Kasugi, um yeah yeah made up made several other ninja films into the 80s in the 90s kind of laid back and then his last movie was ninja assassin in 09 he's done a lot of stuff behind the scenes he's pretty famous here in japan his son kane shuku kane koshugi is pretty famous here he's in the tekken movies um wait that's his son yes that is a son kane's kane he has two sons uh this kane koshugi and I forgot the name of the other one, uh Shane Shane Kane, Shane, which <laughs> I should be illegal. Um <laughs> but yeah, so he's pretty well known in Japan. Uh he wow. doesn't do like his, his Japanese Wikipedia page is longer than his English one. Um, so you know, he 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 is well known here. He's one of those interesting people who got famous in America then came back to Japan.
1: Kind of like okay. Ken
0: Watanabe. You okay. know. Uh and like I said, he made a lot of movies in the 80s. I'm going to talk about them at some point. So I'm going to kind of stop there. I think the biggest problem, one of the main problems with this movie is that Shokushugi is not in it enough.
1: No. Not by far. Like, he could have, as, as far as I'm concerned, he could have been in half of this movie at least.
0: Yeah. He should have been the star, obviously if you're going to make a movie about a goddamn ninja, but if you're going to make him the antagonist, I mean, I guess the problem is if you, he's not the main antagonist, he's the henchman, right? Right. And right. he's a, he's a ninja. Like what <laughs> he can kick. Like, I guess there's not much in terms of character, unless you make it more about their duel, their their feud, because he hates Cole. Cole yeah. is played by Franco Nero. And um, he resents Cole for becoming a ninja. If that's the case, right? Yes.
1: Yeah, at the very beginning of the movie, we clearly see he's like he's really against this dude becoming a ninja. Like it's yes. established automatically.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that beginning. So Oh man. That, <laughs> so <laughs> clearly the Philippines except I think at the end they're in Japan for like a minute and a half, but what is going on? Like
1: Okay, you go? this This movie starts off, and it looks like this guy is running an assault on a castle or something. But here's my thing. It's a ninja movie. Uh, According to ninja pop culture lore, ninjas are known for being discreet, in the shadows, Mm -hmm. hidden. hidden Also,
0: not wearing bright white clothing.
1: Not wearing bright white clothing in broad daylight.
0: Yes, in broad Um, daylight, yes.
1: Also attacking NPC ninjas in red outfits who are walking walking by patrolling on bridges. For,
0: for for those who are not in gaming npc means non player character yes yeah. so the maroon ninjas the maroon yeah. five of ninjas if you will um, so
1: and i have a question for you about this beginning too cuz there was a moment where i was not sure what happened if someone died or not yeah so he he gets up through this gauntlet of you know a bunch of like guys to knock out to uh to get to the main this one main guy in the in the castle
0: the sensei and the sensei yeah the,
1: the sensei and you're thinking he's here to he's clearly here on the mission to kill this guy, but it's apparently he's kind of finishing his like ninja training. And this is his sensei is, is what's supposed to be happening. None of it makes sense. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. And it looks like at some point when he gets to him, he beheads him.
0: Yeah. Even, even before that, you see him like spear people, shoot people with bows and arrows, throw ninja stars at them. And then he arrives at the, at the, at the headquarters, beheads this dude who is clearly a person, because he looks around. This person is looking yeah. at him. He beheads him. Then you find out it was all special effects. The, the ninja stars hit word. So where'd the blood come from? And it was a fake head, which makes no sense. Because no literally sense. literally, one second before he beheads that dude, he looks up at him. So either, either it's a major plot hole or this ninja clan has amazing animatronic technology.
1: <laughs> now, unless we consider Naruto... A documentary okay? Yes, okay then go with me on this ride james go with me on this ride okay? okay unless the sensei did a classic replace technique and put a wooden mannequin of himself in that moment before his okay. head was cut okay which naruto wasn't around until the 2000s late okay. you know 2000s and this movie was 1981 it predates it by decades we'll just take that out of it unless naruto's documentary and we're seeing this would replace Every time for the first time you say that <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why they would show us what looks like him clearly killing his sensei but then graduating at the yeah. same time a minute after also
0: also my boyfriend watches with me now my boyfriend not a ninja he is japanese um <laughs> not a ninja as far as i know um he he pointed out that the sensei when he's walking in in the, in the dojo he walk he steps over franco nero's sword and that's a big no no like, oh, I Japanese didn't notice movie. that. Yeah, I didn't know we, we We wouldn't know that. Also, the kanji, the Japanese text behind the sensei says tsunami. That makes sense. Tsunami means ninja, you know, related. Mm. But the kanji on the other wall that you see later, complete nonsense. Just complete <laughs> garbage, like just nonsensical, just random. random words. Yes, which, huh. you know, happens a lot in these movies. So, also,
1: also for anyone who's listening who has not seen this movie, when you do see this beheading scene, the next cut is a. Obvious mannequin on the ground. Oh well, yeah, the mannequin obviously, in. yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's it sets the tone for what you're yeah, it in It sets for. the tone.
0: But we haven't really talked about Cole. Cole is our hero. He's played by uh, Frank nero. Now, what do you do? You know anything about Frank nero
1: I I feel like I've never seen him in anything before this, but something about his face looked familiar. He's
0: in a million movies. He had a very small role in Django Unchained because that movie's named after his character, Django. Django is a Spaghetti Western from 1966. That is Franco Nero's big break. Django, Django was a fantastic film where he plays this lone, you know, man in black type character who rides up to a town dragging a coffin. Mm. And you find out, spoiler for Django, not that big a spoiler, it's in the the posters. Uh, The coffin has a Goddamn um, Gatling gun in it, <laughs> and you so know,
1: I'm, I'm thinking this is where Desperado was getting some inspiration from.
0: Yeah, Desper def- definitely. Uh, Django's a great movie. Franco Nero is in literally over a, a over two hundred movies. A lot of them are garbage. He was in he was in Camelot. That's kind of his biggest role. I think he played Lance a lot. He's in Die Hard 2. He's in a big movie production of the Bible that came out in the 60s. He's married to Vanessa Redgrave. Really? They met during Camelot, but they filmed, but they didn't get married until 2006. So okay. I don't know what was going on now. But wow. he's one of those guys who was making like five, six movies a year. You know, so getting around. Um, and like I said, I, in my opinion, most of them are garbage. He's currently making a movie with Kevin Spacey.
1: He's still working.
0: He's making a movie with Kevin Spacey. Oh,
1: mm-hmm. that's yes. unfortunate. Uh, I it am, just hit me, yeah. I am not, I'm just
0: going to say right now, I am not a Franco Nero fan. I don't think he's a very good actor. I don't think he's a very convincing uh, action hero. And in this movie, he is clearly dubbed.
1: Okay, I, the <laughs> dubbing wasn't what what caught my attention, but there was a moment where I was watching this movie maybe halfway through it and I stopped and I was noticing, I mean, you know, with low-budget movies, you notice, of course, editing and, and the way things are shot yeah. are going to be not the best. But I, I had this weird subconscious thought. I was like, "Man, there's a lot of cutaways when he's fighting." And I, oh I yeah. pulled up I just happened to pull up IMDb. I was just kind of scrolling through it, and uh, I found out that it's because he's not doing any of those fight scenes. And when you know that and you watch it, it's so so much more obvious.
0: I mean, that's one of the benefits of having a ninja movie, right? Anybody can be in the the ninja. You know, take the IMDb trivia for this with a grain of salt because there's a great, there's a a great trivia here for Enter the Ninja. It says filmed on location inside a real ninja.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And two of three people found (sighs) it useful. I love that. I love that. The so, third person wasn't having it.
0: I, I'm having it. I got to sign oh. up to do that. Um. So, you know, take any because it is very hard to find production information on this film Um. because nobody cares. And I don't know how much it costs. I, I read one thing that said it was 1.5 million. I have no idea how much it made. So any, any kind of trivia you find like that, take it with a grain of salt. I don't know. Yeah. Um, that's just hilarious, though. But I, do, I would say Frank O'Neill is the weakest part of this entire film. Oh, um, for sure. For, for sure, because you have Shoukashugi. You have, uh, you ha- you have uh, Alex Courtney plays Frank Landis. Alex Courtney's nobody. <laughs> He's like a, a TV actor. And Frank is his friend. Frank's wife, Marianne, oh, is Susan George. And she's a good actress. Have you seen any of her films?
1: See, I didn't recognize her either. Mm, Uh, Okay.
0: Well, that's fine. You know, I've seen, I, I, I bathe in British garbage. So, um, (laughs) this is not the film. First film she was in was he played somebody named Marianne. She is in a movie called die. Screaming Marianne. (laughs) Wow. She's Marianne. Um, She's in some good movies. She's in Straw Dogs, which is another problematic classic. She's in Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, which has the best ending of any movie I've made. She's also in a terribly racist film called Mandingo.
1: Um, Mandingo, actually, have seen. You've seen Mandingo? So uh, my uncle, when I was very young, had a bunch of like old, like seventies movies. Just you know, well, he like a lot of classic movies and old movies in general, and digging through his movies i was like what's this mandigo movie and watched it probably when i was in middle school and yeah i remember mandigo is it is that a racial slur uh it's not it's okay it's not a slur Uh but it's it's more of just a term that was used for like okay for example the context of it in the film and in that time period was like you know, the way that people would sell livestock, and if you have, like, a certain breed of horse or something, it's like, you would say this one's like a, you know, a, okay. a buck. Kind of like, this is a, a big buck, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of a term, but ooh. they use that term for a slave.
0: Ooh, that's, that's... So, I mean, ooh. it
1: is it is a slur, but it's like, the way it was used was as a, like, you know, this is the best of the, you know, of, of the but ones if, if got anyone's oil. using
0: that word now, they the bad the bat, the bat people.
1: Oh, God, yes, yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um... it's a word i only know from that movie
0: yeah like famously ebert gave it zero stars and called it racist trash like um it's a bad movie she's in other good movies i you know i my big i feel sorry for susan george because she has a very unique look she has a great voice she has great presence but she's in a lot of garbage Mm -hmm. (laughs) and example (laughs) enter the dragon Enter the ninja. Oh, by the way, this is called Enter the Ninja because Enter the Dragon.
1: See, yeah. yeah. Makes sense. I mean, they're, they're trying to bite on, on that, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think she's good in this. You know, like, there's not, uh, like, like in most movies like this, there's not much for her to do, but she has a few good scenes.
1: She was good. I liked her. Um, I, I just didn't like a decision her character made, but I did like her when she was on screen. She was, yes. like, one of the better people in this movie, yeah.
0: Yes, because she's kind of like her and. Uh, Frank they own this they call it a plantation um, mm-hmm. in the Philippines and they're being pressured to sell it because there's oil under it <laughs> um, and they're being pressured to sell it by the evil capitalist Venarius, played, Venarius. By, played by Christopher George no relation to Susan George Christopher George's wife was also an actress but that's not her Christopher George is great in this movie because he's great in everything I ever saw him in, but he's in a lot of garbage, too. <laughs>
1: have,
0: you, <laughs> have you seen anything in Christopher George?
1: Um, Looking at this IMDb page, I have seen El Dorado.
0: Okay. You're a Western um, guy.
1: <laughs> I... I grew you know, up in a Texas. family that love well, you know what? It's something about my family. They love Westerns. And I didn't even make the connection by being in Texas. It's probably something to do with that. But yeah, I've seen like a lot of old Westerns. Um, nothing else is standing out, but I remember seeing him well, I remember seeing that movie. Um,
0: I, yeah. he he was most known in America for a TV show called Rat Patrol. And he also was in El Dorado with John Wayne. That's kind of his big credit in America and a ton of TV. I know him from um what what Day of the Animals, which if you want to see a shirtless Leslie Nielsen fight a bear, you could watch that movie. I know know him from The Exterminator, which is a vigilante film so disgusting it makes Death Wish look like Sesame Street. I know him from City of the Living Dead, which is one of the most nonsensical movies ever made. He's also in Grizzly, which is terrible. And he's in Pieces. That's one of his last films. Pieces is about a, a killer with a chainsaw which had one of my all-time favorite taglines of all time pieces. It's exactly what you think it is.
1: Oh, God. I've seen Grizzly. Oh, uh, Grizzly is
0: horrible.
1: So, okay, I don't – I think that growing up in the 80s, um, there was a lot of stuff on cable, maybe oh, like yeah. on TBS. Mm-hmm. That was like these 70s movies. I've seen mm-hmm. Grizzly, like stuff like that uh, on cable. Wow, I forgot the movie existed. So you named
0: it just now. It's horrible. Also, Christopher jo- George posed nude in Playgirl. <laughs> so if Playgirl. You, if you type into Google "Christopher George Playgirl," you, hey, <laughs> you can. <laughs> um, you want to see Christopher George eat a watermelon naked? Um, <laughs> you know, as 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 Lizzo might say, he has that BDE, and yeah. <laughs> Um, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> my mom listens to this podcast. Um, I, was, I was surprised that it's, I Googled it. Like, oh, yep, yep, yeah, he was in impl- Yeah, Oh, yeah, yeah, he's naked. He, that's not a sweater. It looks like one, but it's not.
1: So don't Google it at work, y'all.
0: Not many people have known There's a guy named Constantine Gregory who plays like the side the side man to Venerius, who I love the character.
1: <laughs> is he the guy with the hook?
0: No, 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 no. That's that's um Siegfried, Siegfried the Hook. Siegfried. Mr. Okay. Parker's yes. Mr. Parker's the one that the hook has to talk through. Like Mr. Oh, Parker's yes. the right the right hand man who like I I look okay. Being a multi billionaire is evil and wrong. I get that. Okay, but if I was one. I would want a guy like Mr. Parker.
1: Mr. Parker was one of my favorite things in this entire movie. He was, I don't know, something about him was entertaining. It's like he's just there to just kind of, I don't know, there was something like a very uh, like Alfred, like Batman Alfred kind of presence to him. Yeah. hes
0: You know, he's hes the right-hand man and Venarius is so evil and so powerful that like people aren't allowed to talk to him. They have to talk mm-hmm. to Mr. Parker and then Mr. <laughs> Parker tells him. Um... Which is a great chemistry. Oh, we didn't, we did, we did, I didn't, I did forgot to mention that Christopher Droy is great in this movie. Um, death scene aside, <laughs> he, uh,
1: he chews the scenery.
0: He's a, yeah, he, and he wears those ridiculous outfits, like fil- like traditional, like I don't know what that, we, what you call that, like the Philippine version of a mu And
1: he also refers to people by their job, what their job is. And his office is, like, his office has a f-
0: pool, like a full size yeah. pool. Imagine how humid it would be in now. And especially with the stuff he's wearing all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's why. Wizard the <laughs> moon moon. He's just naked <laughs> under it. Just wants to go skinny dipping. You know, whatever. Um, I thought. I thought. I thought Constantine Gregory was interesting because he's a dialogue coach first, and he can speak like three or four languages and can do perfect accents. So he was a dialogue coach for Mr. Impossible* and *Atomic Blonde*. Oh. Wow. If you need, if you need a Cold War bad guy, he's the go-to. Apparently, uh, he's in *Golden Eye*. You know, he's in. He's also in *Shanghai Noon*. <laughs>
1: And, Damn, his career got better. <laughs> yeah,
0: his, hey, he's still working. He's in one. He was in the last Wonder Woman film, also a bad movie, but hey, made more money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, there was a little guy with the one with the with the hook. He's played by a guy named Zach Enoy. He's a he's in his Israeli B movies for the most part. Uh, a movie called I Will Blank Anything That Moves. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, but my 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 favorite bit of trivia from the cast was the the actor the character Dollars is played by a guy named Will Hare, which is a great name. Will Ooh. Hare was Pa Peabody in Back to the Future, the, the the Tree Farmer. Will Hare is grandpa in Silent Night, Deadly Night. Will Hare is the cover model for the Chess Master video game series.
1: <laughs> oh my god. I can see that cover in my in my in my in my mind.
0: Yeah, that's that's him. So that's good. in this movie he kind of plays this, he he kind of plays Frank O'Neill's right-hand man. You know because Frank is too wasted to do anything of mm. of, of of any worth. So Dollars um, Dollars. Doll- hey man, if it don't make dollars for dollars, it don't make sense. Um These
1: names like first of all Venarius sounds like a Kingdom Hearts villain.
0: Venarius and sounds like a venereal
1: disease. It also sounds like a disease. Oh, I got disease.
0: venarius, I got to go to the doctor, get some antibiotics. <laughs>
1: Dollars is a pretty good name for just one of your henchmen. Dollars is a good name. Siegfried, Siegfried Schultz is a great
0: name. Frank Landers sounds like the dude who dies in the beginning of Bonanza. <laughs> he really does. And Marianne is the most damsel name next to like Mary Jane. And Cole Cole is your, is your B-movie hero name. Like Cole. Yeah. Cole Power. No, what, if, what yeah. is Cole? Cole has no last name. So he's, he's like Cheryl. Cole. He's like Cher, but with, with, a, with a katana. Uh, yeah. I would say that everyone else in this film is doing a great job of working with the material they have, which is garbage. But Franco O'Neill really weighs it down. And even in the action scenes, he weighs it down. And it's at its best when Franco O'Neill is not on camera. And I wish everyone else, including Christopher George, had more screen time. Um, they're just wasted
1: this movie is there's there feels like there's so many things they don't need in this movie there's the like weird uh flashback to him and his him and his buddy yeah, in the so, war so, and, yeah, so, they're the only two people there yeah so why is it why does it seem like they're the only two guys in the war and yeah, also so yeah,
0: let's talk about the, the plot a bit more yeah so yeah, yeah you're gonna say what go ahead
1: well, okay, so it's just I don't I don't know if we should spoil. So, okay, flashback well, before we happens. spoil
0: anything, so two things about this movie: one, the plot does not matter, so no. what does you can still enjoy. You it's the, it's the journey, not the destination, uh, yeah. for Enter the Ninja. Um, and two, if you do want to watch this film, it is currently on Amazon Prime. Yeah,
1: that's so how
0: I'll you watch can it. you can get it. Because it's on everything. You can watch it pretty easily. So before we get there, now let's get. If you want to start spoiling stuff, let's go. <laughs>
1: So, okay, we're just going to jump around because this movie jumps around. It doesn't care. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um,
0: you do you. It's fine.
1: Cole's friend that he shows up to help protect uh, ends Who up dying sucks. at some point. He yeah, he dies. So he, yeah. he, he dies. And when his friend dies, mm-hmm. there's this weird flashback of them in the war. And it's the only time I've seen a flashback in a movie where the characters looked older in the flashback. <laughs> than they did I did. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. me, I was like, did they film this scene first and then film yeah, the rest so of the later?
0: Apparently they're in, like we said, they're in Angola. So yeah. I imagine what they're insinuating there is that they are mercenaries. Yeah. You know? And <laughs> ever since the war, man, Frank's been messed up. He's been messed up and he can't <laughs> get it up. Uh like they have that weird confrontation with the bad guys, and afterwards, like that was great. I'm gonna get drunk anyway, I can't have sex with my wife if you i guess if she deserves a better man, cue to Marianne having sex with Franco nero um
1: what was that that whole thing was so weird,
0: and he kind of knows it, I think right, Like,
1: because he, he he, he's just kind of like, you know you're my buddy, you came here you I owe you for keeping me alive from the war, and you're protecting me so someone should make my wife have a good time because I can't, it was so, the, I don't and know. And,
0: and to the cuckold.
1: Maybe they're, <laughs> I was going to say, maybe they're Polly. who knows?
0: Maybe, maybe they're swingers. Know? It's, what it's, hey man, but, I'm not going to kink shame that. You do you.
1: I will uh, but it's made awkward because the next thing they do is have dinner together with these very obvious looks across the
0: table. Yeah, and he, well, he says, he references it. Like, I think Frank knows that, um... The ninja entered. <laughs> I mean. <laughs>
1: did, did you notice when, when Cole first gets to, I guess, the ranch, the property, when he first gets there. Oh, yes. And, and when he first meets her, did you notice the exchange they have, what he does when he meets her?
0: Well, they have a little, like, he, he hops the fence, doesn't, see, she assumes, I imagine she assumes he's one of Venera's bad guys. Right. He, he disarms her and then he pretty much gropes her. Yeah, he just grabs a boob. <laughs> and I, I'm gonna say that that was not a cold move. I'm gonna guess that was a Frank Nero move.
1: It definitely seemed like it.
0: Yeah, that was gross. Like that whole, like, reoccurring theme on this podcast and in this episode. Movies are bad for women. This movie is this movie treats women like garbage. Um, oh, terrible. I mean, they barely in it. Thankfully, because everyone who is is yeah, just shit on. It's a this this movie is a man's world, you know. Because after that they go to, the, to see his people in the, in, uh, in the plantation who don't really do any work. They just have cockfights.
1: Yeah, which is also where the last fight in the movie is is in like a cockfight arena. Yeah,
0: well, cockfighting was at least a big deal there. I don't know if it still is. Um, those are real cockfights they saw earlier, like which is gross. And some versions of this film, like in the UK, those scenes are still cut. You can't show that in a British movie. Cockfighting, mm, okay. it's just illegal.
1: Yeah,
0: which is good. That's gross. I don't want to see that kind of stuff.
1: And, I was surprised it was in this movie, but knowing how cheap it is, you know, I guess I guess they figured they needed to shoot some more stuff to get a runtime or something.
0: I watched a movie yesterday called Poor Pretty Eddie, which I'm not going to get into right now. But in that movie, they straight up kill a chicken on camera.
1: And, oh, that's. Terrible. And
0: I watched a movie. I watched Cockfight, the movie Cockfighter with Warren Oates, and there's they they straight up kill chickens on camera in that movie. It, uh, on camera, so it's yeah, ridiculous. I feel like the times change, and I feel this was kind of the last year you could you could think you can get away with that. Maybe
1: well, and you know, it also like a movie this low budget. It just I don't know something about it like. It, I feel like if this was if this was like a Van Damme movie in the 80s, you'd probably see Van Damme walking around an area that people are gambling and stuff, but you probably wouldn't see like real cockfights or something. No, you, you, know? you know
0: and I've seen other movies that have cockfight stuff in them, but they, it's fake. You yeah. know, or you don't see it on camera. It's it's alluded to. This movie has two cockfights in it.
1: <laughs> so weird.
0: But let's not talk about the cockfighting. That's about the actual fighting cuz the actual fighting's not terrible. Like the opening fights you know fun. The whole ninja thing, mm-hmm. but then we go a long period. We go, we are ninja-less. um oh, But there yeah. was there were still good fights. The first fight at the plantation is pretty good. Yeah, um, he does he kill does he does he impale a man with a bench?
1: <laughs> you know that you say that, and there's so <laughs> many. There's so many moments like that that are so over the top that I would think they were gruesome if they weren't so bad. But is Cole
0: It's cold murdering, murdering, murdering people. I
1: think he's murdering people.
0: I mean, he he's he justified. Is. He's just. I'm not judging him for that. I'm judging him for other things. But like, what do they do with those bodies? Who do they like? He kills a lot of people in this movie. Like,
1: he could subdue people. But especially just, later
0: on. Later on, especially, he could have subdued them, but he just sort of murders them, yeah.
1: He just murders them. He's well, like, he's, you know what? I am now a certified assassin. Yeah, I'm a an ninja. That's just fuck the only way I operate. I'm yeah, I'm a ninja. Ninja, ninja. Fuck you, yeah. <laughs> I can't turn it off. I don't subdue. You're gonna die. I, I
0: love slash hate his confrontations with Hook. Oh, uh, God. So there's the first one in the bar uh, where hang around or hang in there or something like that he he finishes the fight by hooking oh, I, the hand into the <laughs> into the plank uh, into like I the support this, beam
1: i put this in my notes so when you first see this guy you i think this is going to be our main villain guy right
0: oh this, because he looks, looks is, like it man yeah because
1: he looks like it and then now that you say this is you know of course enter the ninja like enter the dragon and oh yeah the main villain in enter the dragon had the interchangeable you know stuff on his hand right And so this guy has a hook, and I'm like, wow, they're just going full-on into the dragon, not with the guy with the hook on his hand. And so he's got this, like, really tall bodyguard guy with him. Of course, Cole beats that guy up. Mm -hmm. And then he sticks the guy's hook into, like, a, a, a pole in the middle of the bar. Yeah. And I put this in my notes. He tells him, which is the only good line I think he dropped in the whole movie. He says... Hang around, I'll be back, and then he walks away.
0: Yeah, he ha- he he drops an "I'll be back." This is years before before Terminator. Terminator, yeah, man, ahead of his time. Yeah, all the dialogue for Cole's character is terrible. Like when he just straight up tells Venerius, "You killed my friend, and now I'm going to kill you." <laughs>
1: Like, it's so bad. It's it's like a little kid on the playground who's just mad at somebody.
0: My, a ninja doesn't kill; he eliminates only for defensive purposes, and then he murders everyone around him. Yeah, I think there was there are there are plot holes there. Um, but then after that, when Hook, um, whatever Siegfried and Mister Parker and Venerius recruit more people, they go back to the plantation. That's actually a very good fight sequence. That big hole yeah. sequence with the them tying someone to the truck and everything like that. And it, it's a really good, good energy, good camera work to hide the fact that it's not, you know, Franco Nero, and good editing, kinetic, and then it ends in the stupidest way possible.
1: This movie does a thing that like the old like seventies Kung Fu movies, you know, they'd have that thing where they would zoom in on someone's eyes or face or yeah, whatever that's at, at good a certain stuff. moment. But when this movie does it, it's like Say if, it was like, if this was like a Hong Kong 70s Kung Fu movie, you'd have like two guys squaring off and the camera yeah. zooms in on their eyes because they're focused. And in this movie, he beats up six people and he looks around to see if anyone's around. And then it like zooms in almost like in his chest and then up to his eyes. It's like the camera's it's weird. not ready to... It's weird. That is bad <laughs> it's direction, yeah. Place.
0: But, what, but what, what, have, what does he do to Hook at the end of this fight? Remember that? What happens? Oh, what did he do? He tears um, off Hook's hook.
1: That's right.
0: Throws it at him, and then it plays a sad trombone.
1: You forgot something. <laughs>
0: like, a la- right. this is the second movie in a week that I have covered that has a sad trombone in it. Um, uh, Never Chion to Die has a sad synth trombone, but it's still a trombone. This, I cannot... the first time i heard that i had to pause the movie
1: (laughs) what did you okay when this movie starts with the credits like i don't remember exactly what the music was but i remember thinking at the very beginning like oh "Oh, i'm kind of like in the soundtrack i hated it well just just like the very opening credits right Mm -hmm. and the further we get into the movie i was like did someone else come in to compose this because now it sounds like a 70s porn movie in the worst way
0: and it has too many drums Oh, yeah. It's weird. So, yeah, I looked it up. I was curious because the comp- the, this movie has two composers. It has W. Michael Lewis and Lauren Rinder. They were a production duo who did disco. And they, they I don't think they worked on anything really huge in the 70s, but they kind of have a cult following and they're kind of well-known producers. And the disco, if you like late 70s disco, it's not bad. They're terrible on this. They also worked on the score to Revenge of the Ninja, which is a much better score. But I feel like that was mostly the third guy, Matt J. Walsh, That's th- that had three composers. So I feel that he did the heavy, heavy lifting. I would say that Lewis and Rinder's best score that I've heard is the score for Shogun, Shat, Shogun Assassin. The score, that is Lone Wolf and Cub in America. And that score has the good 70s born vibes. <laughs> the good 70s point well, a, a lot of lot of a Lot of waka chukka. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, I got yeah, you. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm almost positive that Quentin Tarantino has used the theme music from Shogun Assassin in Kill Bill at some point. So it's it's good stuff. It's better than because the stuff in this just sound just sounds terrible. It's repetitive. It's like it's like a loop in a video game.
1: You know what? That's exactly what it felt like, especially when he's, the more people he's fighting, the more it's like, yeah, we're going to loop this until you clear this part of the stage. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very, but, very like side scrolling, beating him up. Yes. And then
0: during all, but during this whole part of the movie, a good hour of the movie, no ninjas. Like, yeah, Cole is a ninja, but aside from some extraneous, kung um, some like uh gratuitous um, nunchuck scene, <laughs> training outside, he's just outside, no shirt. Nunchucks, as you do. Um, it's like the beginning of a fail fail on me video. Out of the nat, there's no ninjas until Mister Parker goes to Tokyo to find a ninja. And they obviously did not film in Tokyo. It took an external shot of I think that was Narita Airport, and one shot of Ginza that and it looked like it was the mid '70s. <laughs> that that external shot of Ginza, from what my boyfriend told me, and then they're in Tokyo. And then they fire they go to a talent agency <laughs> to look for a ninja.
1: He says something like to Paraphrase like, he's got a ninja, I want a ninja. Give me a ninja. He hey, says the more ninjas so much in this movie.
0: I'm with vanair I'm with Venarius. Like if the if the other guy's got ninjas or ninja, you need one too. I mean, you gotta even that playing field, right?
1: Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta make sure. but even at the even at the part where we get to the like uh, the part where Cole is coming to the last battle at the end of the movie and he's hiding somewhere. We don't know where he's <sighs> hiding in his white ninja outfit um, and Venerius starts just shouting out, ninja! Ninja! Yeah! Ninja! 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 <laughs> and then, of course, Mr. Parker's like, I don't think he's here. He's like, oh, he's here. Ninja! And he just, every, he just time, yelling at
0: every time he yelled ninja, yeah. I said rap. Ninja! <laughs> Ninja rap, ninja, <laughs> ninja rap. Uh, because that, that, we'll get to that that whole scene. Oh, that's oh legendarily stupid. I oh. love how they go. I love how two things one, they go to recruit him and he, uh, Hasagawa, Hasagawa, and Hasagawa takes the job because he wants to kill Cole pretty much. Yeah. And yeah. they, they meet him there, they hire him. But then later on, when Cole and Dollars go to, the headquarters, they find what is basically a Ninja Snuff film. Yeah. Um also the office invasion feels like something from Metal Gear. Like it's so staged mm. and like I, I expect uh I expect exclamation points to appear over the guards' heads. Very <laughs> But I want to talk about the Ninja Snuff film. He said sincerely, "I want to talk about the ninja snuff film. I want to talk about the ninja snuff film and homophobia and Japanese culture." He said about Enter the Dragon. But listen, <laughs> it makes sense. Enter the
1: Ninja.
0: Enter the Ninja. Fuck! God damn it! It's okay ninja.
1: because they, they did that to confuse us
0: on they did, they, That's why they did it. But anyway, so this is the kind of thing that I would never notice. So, but my boyfriend, I'm watching it with my boyfriend, and there is some graffiti on the wall and the graffiti is in katakana okama now okama has a few meanings in japan traditionally speaking it was a rice cauldron okay um and that became slang for bottom and that became slang for gay and it's basically part of my language it means fag like okama means fag there's no okay. it's not a nice word it's 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 not like queer or gay or homosexual, it means fag. And so somebody, somebody at the end of working on this movie decided to write fag on the wall. What the hell? Now, unrelated, but I think is very fascinating. For people at home who don't know this, so that's Okama. So then there's Okoge, not written on the wall. So Okoge is the is the Japanese word for the rice that sticks to the bottom of the bowl, like the burnt rice, and that is slang for fag hag. <laughs> Which I think that's hilarious, um, that's not related to the film i'm just i'm never gonna get a test to tell that story on a podcast so i want to tell now, but yeah they they did this right okama oh, on the wall um you know because it's funny i guess i i mean i to be honest i I thought
1: it was a little funny
0: um I know it's
1: just, it's, just it's, it's it's a thing I would not have known no,
0: you would not have known that, you know, and that's the you know I like those. There was only two correct uses of Japanese in this movie shinobi on the wall and the Japanese word for homo- homophobic slur. <laughs> That's the only correct uses of Japanese in the entirety of Enter the Ninja. Let's get to that final fight because it's something special. Because first he goes to the headquarters, right?
1: He goes to headquarters, and then he gets like a ride to the arena.
0: So he he murders like everyone in the building, and then Mister Parker's like, you know, you didn't have to kill everyone. We knew you were coming.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like
0: Mister Parker on point.
1: Me this whole time.
0: You think, and but so it's like my, he's waiting for you. Let's go, and he gives him a ride. Now, do you think that car ride is awkward? <laughs>
1: it's like <laughs> it's it's the most awkward Uber he's ever had in his entire life. Even though Uber wasn't a thing back then. <laughs> hey man Venerius is way
0: on. If Venerius was alive today, he'd be went to gig economy, and you know it. Like this fast. Oh, bastard. for sure. Oh, he'd be in tech. He'd be in Silicon Valley. He'd be having. He'd be going doing Uber. Like he'd be a Uber n- n- Uber ninja Uber.
1: He would he would find some way to make an, a ninja in, in NFTs. You know he would. Oh, oh, you know he would? How
0: dare you. How dare you, sir. So he he takes him to the cockfighting arena where they have all these guards and sokoshuki's there and everything and surprise surprise surprise. <laughs> it goes bad for Vanarius.
1: Even though the guards are everywhere in
0: broad daylight it's awesome one by one the whole time he's like ninja i want to talk and i don't think he wants to talk to you dude he's just
1: not that into you (laughs) i want to talk now that you've killed all of my bodyguards i want to talk to you
0: (laughs) yes and then he takes mr parker hostage and he just freaking kill and then venerius just freaking kills mr parker he doesn't care
1: but doesn't he he, like stabs him in the neck yeah 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 it's some cold shit and um, doesn't he say something like I think I've been wounded or yeah, something? Yeah. And he, he so underplays it. It's like Yeah, you're well he's he's very
0: British. He's very British, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's very, very, very gentlemanly. My my boyfriend loves Mr. Parker because my boyfriend is an angle, it's a is a British file. And <laughs> then he gives the great line, You kill my friend, I'm gonna kill you. And <laughs> you if you haven't seen this film, just <sighs> go to YouTube right now and type in enter the ninja death scene because (laughs) how would you describe christopher george's reaction to getting killed with a a ninja star (sighs)
1: because that's
0: amazing
1: you know man i I gotta be honest i'm sitting here thinking in my mind i'm replaying it in my head (laughs) because i must have rewinded the scene like three or four times the best thing I can think to describe it for this movie and what this movie is is take one. He and then he does it and then they say, and we got it. <laughs> That's the best way to describe it. Because he has this look of like, you know what? I'm just gonna go for it. He 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 goes kind of big in the movie that doesn't need him to go big.
0: I he throws the gun in the air, and then <laughs> with this look of surprise on his face, and then he then he shrugs like huh? and oh it's
1: so good it's like it's the, a, like a looney oh
0: well yeah it makes it's it's the kind of thing it's like who was directing you christopher george or not it, it, I, it's not his fault i feel like it's like that shouldn't be in slow motion like that he he should have got another take i don't know what was going on but man it's some good shit
1: it's some it's I, lo- I loved it, but I feel like the setup of the scene was, okay, look, we have about 20 minutes before we have to shut down today. Yeah, the, we got to get this on the one
0: cockfighters, take. The cockfighters are coming in.
1: We got to go. in. They, they're they're going to be in here in about 20 minutes. We got to get this now. We got to he get the hell he out of here. We got to get the hell out of here. He just decided, you know what? I, I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. This is what I'm going to do. And then I feel like in the middle of the performance, he did the shrug as a... You know, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> this is what and, I'm
0: doing. And then there's a pretty good fight between Hageshawa and Cole at the end. That's that's mm-hmm. good. Uh, yeah, all the ninja tricks are pulled out, and then he kills uh, uh, Hasagawa with with honor. You know, uh, decapitating him. So this, this movie has two decapitations, but only one of them is real. Yeah, because <laughs> in the canon of the film, the first one is fake. Um, such a stupid fucking. And then the ending. Like, so Marianne's husband is dead. <laughs> She's all on her own. She obviously has some kind of feelings for Cole because they did, you know, knock boots. Um, but then he's like, well, I gotta go. So um bye. And then he winks at the fucking
1: camera. <laughs> the camera? <laughs> it's so good. Oh, Again, the and credits started. Credit. rolling and I, and I, I rewind credit. it because I'm like, did he just wink at us? And I had to he rewind is, that how also. How
0: dare you? So you do not earn that wink.
1: Um, he oh my yeah, god.
0: Yeah, so, so like what's really fascinating to me is that this movie's terrible. <laughs> I mean, I mean it's fun, it's a fun watch. It's a fun watch for sure. Like, I don't regret owning it, maybe a little bit, but it is a fun watch. But this movie kickstarted the entire 80s ninja craze. And wow! from what I can tell, it's mostly from word of mouth and video because this movie has a strange release history. So it's, it's an, it came out in 1981, but most people didn't see it in 81. It came out in London in 81, in the beginning of October. Then it played in Phoenix, Arizona <laughs> in the end just, of October. Just Phoenix. Just in Phoenix. Then in November, opened to just Kansas and just Missouri. Throughout 82, it kind of rolled its way through the country. It played a ton of drive-ins, and it was on a lot of double features with Shogun Assassin, which, again, much better movie. And because it never had a simultaneous like nationwide release, there are no box office numbers. I did find one newspaper in Hawaii that said... It grossed $64,000 in four weeks in Hawaii. Now, if you extrapolate that through the country, it probably did pretty good. And, but it bombed with critics. Nobody even reviewed it until the end of November. It got I found one review in Kansas City, 23-word review, one star. Another review, four words, bad movie, good karate. <laughs> the only good reviews I found were, were kind of like us. Like, this movie's terrible. You kind of have to see it. And one of them, was one review I found, I forgot to save the clipping, the dude, he reviewed this movie in Conan in the same review, and he said this movie was much better than Conan the Barbarian. What? He said, and he said the music in Conan the Barbarian was terrible. And that man is high, because the score of Conan the Barbarian is one of the greatest scores of all time. It's
1: Uh, phenomenal.
0: It's phenomenal. That movie's phenomenal. I don't know what he was thinking. But yeah, this wow. movie, it kickstarted the whole thing because then you get even more ninja films. So have you seen any other 80s ninja films?
1: I've seen like uh those, like two of those American ninja movies. Okay. I haven't seen the ones that were like the sequels to this one. Yeah. Because there's like two sequels. I haven't seen either one of those.
0: Okay. So and, and Shokusuki's in a few other ones too, like Pray for Death and a couple other ones and like that but i would say that so that they, they are yeah let's talk about the sequels so there are kind of two sequels to this it's really an anthology series they have nothing in common except so <laughs> um <laughs> there's revenge of the ninja in 83 and ninja 3 the domination in 84 now i don't want to talk about too much about them because i think i'm going to cover both of them because they are both much better movies than enter the ninja uh, Revenge of the Ninja stars show as the protagonist. So already better. And that movie is nuts. It has a fantastic, like, all synth score. At one point, I think he has, like, jets in his shoes to make him fly. Um, what? There's a, there's a big fight at the top of a skyscraper. It's a gooder. It's a gooder. But Ninja 3, The Domination. That movie is something special because in that movie, Sōkashūgi plays a demon, evil ninja spirit, who possesses the body of a model slash aerobics instructor
1: slash telephone line woman. You can't see me throw my money at you through this microphone, but I am.
0: Uh, played by Lucinda Dickey, which is a great name. Sees in the Breakin' films also. Um, okay. And that movie is peak 80s. Like, like, just like... Because this came out in 81, thrown in eighty, so it's not really an 80s movie, you know what I mean? Like, the 80s didn't start in 1980. The 80s started after Flashdance.
1: Oh, yeah. This, this movie looks and feels very 70s. Very 70s, except for the ninjas. Yes, it
0: feels very 70s. And Revenge of the Ninja's kind of halfway there. Ninja 3 domination, only one year after Revenge of the Ninja. But let me tell you, the amount of neon in that movie... <laughs> <laughs> is off the charts ninja 3 is an underrated movie and it opens with an amazing fight sequence so I highly recommend ninja 3 ninja we've the ninja i recall liking i have to watch again the american ninja films i watched the first two like i said they're good when you're drunk and uh if you like shirtless muscle bound man and hey Hello. so th- they're good for that. I-, I am kind of worried that you suggesting this film has put me on the path
1: of ninja moviedom and what but but what if I told you you weren't alone in that? <laughs> what if I told you what if I told you i I was fully prepared to before we even sit down to record this episode. I had decided. I think I need to watch more of this. I need more ninja moves in my life. (laughs) And also, I know this is a podcast, so for people listening, do yourself a favor. Also, you should really Google the posters for these because whoever designed Mm. at least the movie posters did a great job. Because I thought Enter the Ninja was amazing, and the Revenge of the Ninja poster is another one I remember seeing a lot in video stores. And it is a badass poster. It's a great
0: poster. That's yeah, everything about that movie is great. it's better directed. It's better everything. It's from the, it's from the director of uh, Breaking Tool at the Boogaloo. So, I mean, you know. How can you go wrong? And American Ninja 2. Which is... American Ninja 2... Really quick. I'm sorry. The plot... American Ninja 1 is a pretty basic bad guy plot. American Ninja 2... Two Army Rangers are sent to a Caribbean island to help the Marines find out why Marines are being kidnapped. They're being kidnapped by a mad scientist who is brainwashing them and genetically modifying them to make them into super ninjas.
1: Oh my goodness. It's a
0: gooder. It's a good. It's a good. It's a good movie. <laughs> um the only downside about it is that it was made in 1987 in South Africa. So that's kind of icky. Because, you know, uh, Apartheid. Oh,
1: yeah. Apartheid, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Apartheid. Um, but the movie has a, has a pretty diverse cast, at, at least. So I, I, I enjoy American Ninja 2. I'm going to have to watch the other, the other three. Yeah, there's was, there an was the American Ninja 3, Blood Hunt, American Ninja 4, The Annihilation, and American Ninja 5, which you know is serious because they will go to, go to Roman numerals.
1: So I remember there being at least four of them. I didn't know they hit and five. Five has Pat Morita. Really? Yeah.
0: So, you know, there's
1: that. I didn't know that. Yes.
0: So, uh, and it has a, it's supposed to have a pretty good training montage. The only thing I worry about with five is five. It's not a Canon film. Five is by Ovidio, Ovidio G. Asuntis. I'm getting his name wrong. And he did the visitor, which is one of the worst movies I've made, which I also did on his podcast. So I'm a little worried there, but anyway, more extraneous ninjas we need more ninjas in our lives do you agree
1: i completely agree and i feel like if this episode has set anyone else down the path of watching more ninja related movies or content you're welcome
0: unless you live in the uk because i don't know (laughs) true really quick i want to so like with the with the ninja boom came the ninja backlash in the uk and there was a dude for the bbfc that's the census board named james Furman who really hated ninjas really hated ninjas. And so, like, this movie was, like, super cut. Like, any ninja weapon was taken out. He really hated nunchucks. So you couldn't use nunchucks or spiked knuckles or a pseudokin. So I don't even know how you show this movie in the UK.
1: So in this movie, if you, if you have this movie edited in the UK, what you have is a, a movie that starts off with a guy visiting his friend, hooking up with his friend's wife, and then leaving after his friend dies? Yeah, <laughs> That's that's it, right? Because
0: everything yeah. else is fights. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even in the UK, they couldn't call the Turtles Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They had to become Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. That's that's long gone. That, that 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 whole thing ended. But I didn't want to just quickly mention that because if you are in the UK, don't get an old DVD of this. Get uh, what, the Blu-ray. What, what Ray. do they even call? What do
1: they even call this movie back then? Well, you the movies call it it they can Blu-ray. call the
0: movie Ninja. But they couldn't okay. call a TV show for kids Ninja Turtles. That was oh, the, okay. But the funny thing was they could call the movie that. So the movie in England was still called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but the TV show was called Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Mm, got you. I have no idea. But anyway, uh, any other notes or nuggets of wisdom you want to share about 1981's Enter the Ninja?
1: <laughs> I feel like we've covered everything. Um <laughs> But somehow in this entire discussion, I feel like we overlooked one very obvious thing. Did we not mention this man's mustache?
0: Well, it's Franco Nero. I mean, it's kind of known. It's a bad mustache. You, yeah, that's a bad mustache. It's a it's a mustache. It's a bad mustache. Like, who has? I feel like you shouldn't have to use the word "bad" in front of mustache.
1: <laughs> I feel like the mustache was why I kept thinking that he was like the like cheaper Chuck Norris because Chuck oh. Norris eighties. Was That's very a good much mustache. mustache.
0: That's yeah. a good mustache. So like if I don't say good mustache, if I don't say good in front of mustache, I assume it's bad. <laughs> and <laughs> it's a go. bad one. It's like it's like it's like a like a a ginger, like John Waters but not well kept mustache. It's terrible.
1: Well, the mustache is distracting and the more we saw it because we talked about how we have a huge gap in ninjas and ninja fights right Mm. and the more i see it the more i'm aware that he's not in ninja outfits and it made me sad i was like get back in your outfit and go fight somebody
0: hide that mustache and murder someone for me please 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 yes and then trim that trim that uh, that that, that is a terrible mustache That's a it's a damn frank o'neill is an ugly man (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've never understood. He was kind of a sex symbol and I've never got it. That is the one thing uh, yeah. the one thing Okay, not to get not to get too what horny. Um American Ninja Films. Much better to look at.
1: <laughs> than, I haven't seen them in so long.
0: Than any of these. Um although if you're straight, then Ninja 3, that's up your alley for sure. <laughs> Cause, that woman <laughs> is, yo go for it but anyway i think we'll wrap up there i recommend this film because it's on amazon don't be me don't buy it yeah but you know i'm not gonna tell you, tell you how to live your life buy it what, what do i know but anyway that'll do it for today anthony thank you for joining me on this wonderful discussion of this terrible film that's wonderful um where can people find you online
1: you can find me on Twitter, sometimes tweeting about ninjas or just other movies like this. Uh, I am at Bruce Wayne Brady. I'm also yes, on I'm Twitch. For
0: laughing again. Every time you say it, it's funny.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I picked that name because I, I love that response. Anytime mm-hmm. someone hears that my name is Bruce Wayne Brady and they laugh, it makes me feel good for picking that name. Mm-hmm. Um, but also on Twitch at Bruce Wayne Brady, where I, you know, I stream video games on occasion, and I've been lately playing through some uh, uh, FromSoft games, some Dark Souls games.
0: Well, have, are you playing the ninja game they made? What is that called? I oh, a ninja game. Sekiro? Yeah, well, why aren't you playing Sekiro right now? You gotta, okay, this comes out in two weeks from today. So you gotta do synergy.
1: You know, you're right. <laughs> help, Hopefully, help. by the time you're hearing this, I am playing Sekiro. Okay, with, good. With better ninjas that have better or good mustaches.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, my other podcast is Alexander's Ragtime Bent, and that's about progressive rock music. There will be no ninja collaboration there, unfortunately. Uh there is an artist called the Samurai of Prague, but he's terrible. Anyway, other than that, you can also find me on Twitter at Lost Turntable and on my website, Lost Turntable, and on YouTube at Lost Turntable. Anthony, thanks again for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. That will do it for t- today's episode of Cinema Oblivia. I'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Until then, take care.